I'm sharing the 10 deadliest sins when it comes to B2B web design. But first, we've got to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Dealfront. Getting through to decision makers is harder than ever before. Most data tools promise the earth, but just don't deliver. Imagine your sales and marketing team could target ideal fit leads and close deals with a single tool. There's no need to imagine. Dealfront's revenue engine is built on live European data in multiple languages. Access information other platforms can't. Easily select decision makers you want to start conversations with, grab their direct cell phones and emails. Its algorithm understands the nuances in EU data, languages, culture and regulations. Dealfront draws from three layers of data, market signals, web visitors and EU company databases. The platform's built for Europe's strict compliance standards, offering transparency into how it sources data, giving you GDPR compliance other platforms just can't compete with. Grab a free demo today at dealfront.com. That's dealfront.com or visit the link in the description below. Hey, I'm Sam Dunning, host of the Top 10 B2B Marketing Podcast Business Growth Show. And to check out my free B2B Marketing playbooks, week daily emails, or whenever you're ready to apply to work with me, head over to samdunning.org. So today, I'm going to share the top 10 deadliest sins I see day in, day out when it comes to B2B websites, along with some ideas to fix it, to do the reverse, to make sure your B2B website is a top provider of qualified leads and revenue. So let's dive into it. So deadly sin number one is a lack of research. The greatest B2B websites are not built on guesswork. They're clearly thought about, planned, strategized, and then executed in terms of design build, delivery, and marketing. So some ideas when it comes to planning and researching a website might be customer interviews. So interviewing perhaps prospects that you're looking to do business with, perhaps customers that you just won, and understand what they want to see, learn, and take action upon, and what you want them to see, learn, and take action upon when it comes to a website like yours. So when customer interviews are involved, it might be understanding those juicy, bleeding neck problems and frustrations that they have around your industry and how your product or your offer is positioned to fix those. Understanding the language, the jargon, the words they actually use to describe your offer, the problem that you fix and the results that you bring to them so you can leverage that for your website messaging, copy and design. Understanding, reviewing your main competitors. So what are any gaps that you can fulfill? Are there any common issues that you see with competitors? Any ways that you can one-up them in several angles? Planning out the key pages. What are the key pages that you're going to have on your website? What is going to be the structure? Maybe that's doing a prototype. Maybe that's doing a wireframe, a user flow. So you can really understand how those pages are going to be structured. What are the main elements? For example, a homepage might be top menu navigation. It might be your hero or banner area. You might have some social proof brands work with testimonials. You might go into screenshots, demo video, snapshots of your products and more social proof dive into some of the features and have your footer navigation. So you might structure out each and every page, how that's going to flow based upon your customer research, your competitor analysis, and understanding what your prospects actually want to quickly see, learn, and take action upon in order to become a qualified inbound lead. So that research stage is critical to make sure your website resonates, hits home, and converts target clients. Deadly sin number two is designing for yourself your CEO or for your marketing team because none of you 
or your target client or your buyer. You've probably got a warehouse full of your services. You've got plenty of your offerings. You don't need them, but your target clients might. So that's why leaning on towards tip one, more of the same is really understanding what do your focus, your dream clients care about fixing when it comes to their frustrations and problems? What are the main jobs they want to get done? What are their main goals, their motivations, and why do they want, what do they want as an outcome as a result of working with you? So you can really leverage those things when it comes to your website headlines, messaging, your copy, any videos that you create on your site, any media you put out, your blog articles, when it comes to detail pages, service pages, offering pages. So it's all keeping top of mind what those focused clients actually care about and customer interviews and research is really vital here because then you can literally ask them questions around their problems, their jobs to be done, their goals, their motivations, and make sure each relevant offer page, service page, integration page, whatever's relevant on your B2B website is keeping them front of mind, attacking those issues, those goals straight away. So when someone flicks on your website, remember they're probably time short if they're on their mobile, if they're on their PC, they want you to get to the point, they will understand that you're able to help them, you understand their world, that you can share proof of impact, proof of results, and then they may take that next step and get in touch with you. Deadly sin number three is a slow page speed. So put yourself in a potential customer's shoes. You stumble across your website for the first time, maybe a Google search because you need the service or offer, maybe you're recommended it or elsewhere, and you try and load up the site and you're waiting one second, two seconds, three seconds more. It's just not loading. It's not getting anywhere. Perhaps you try it on your mobile. You get annoyed. You try it on your PC. It's still taking an age. You eventually fire up the homepage and you click into a service or offer page. And again, that's painstakingly slow. And it gets to the point where you can't see the information you want to see. Perhaps it takes ages to open up the request a demo or request a consult page. Get so annoyed, you jump to a competitor. Well, if your website's slow as that, then your ideal customers, the people that are landing on your site, are going to do just the same bounce off and you're going to be losing a ton of traffic and potential leads because you've got a slow website. So I recommend a tool called PageSpeed Insights by Google. You can quite literally just type in your URL of your website, click analyze, and it will give you your page speed on mobile and PC fully broken down with a bunch of actionable tips to improve it. Common suspects are if you're using a platform like WordPress, you might need to update the platform. Perhaps you've got too many plugins. Perhaps your images aren't optimized for web. Perhaps you've got too many videos embedded. Maybe your hosting isn't up to speed. Maybe you've got a slow shared hosting provider and you actually need to ramp that up. Those are some common issues that we see, but it's always worth investigating it with your web developers. So yeah, aim to get your web speed as close to one second on mobile as PC as possible. And that way you can give your customers, your potential prospects, a great experience and encourage more conversions and more time on your website. Deadly Sin 4 is unclear messaging. Companies in the tech and SaaS space are super guilty of this, as well as a bunch of other industries. But how many times you've been on a tech website, you see that top hero, top banner headline, scroll around for a while, and you're still not entirely sure what they actually do. An example might be a 360 degree cutting edge insight into all your channels at once, sharing all these ideas to dramatically improve bottom line. And it's like, that sounds great, there's a lot of jargon, but I'm still not entirely sure what you can do for me or my business. So clarity, in my opinion, will always be clever. So I'd rather a clear headline that's going to share the problem that we fix, the results that we bring, the job we help you get done, or how we're going to help impact your business or you personally or your revenue. So for example, on my podcast, Business Grove Show, my website headline is a B2B marketing podcast that won't send you to sleep. 
I've then got call to actions to Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And then the subheadline is actionable B2B marketing demand gen website tips. No BS, no fluff, weekly episodes. So short, it's concise, and it says what it does on the tin. Another example, proposify.com. They do proposals and document tools. Their main headline is untangle your sales document process with leading proposal software. So I'm guessing they've probably done some custom research and realizing that tangled up documents is probably something that's used a lot. So they're talking about how they fix that. And then the subheadline is Proposify proposal software helps growing teams remove document bottlenecks and get visibility into the most important stage of the sales cycle, the close. And I'm guessing, again, that's what their target prospects, probably sales leaders and such, want to drill down on. And then they've got two call to actions to free trial or demo. Another example it's actually our sponsor of the show. So shout out to leadfeeder.com by Dealfront. They've got a pretty cool headline, turn page views into pipelines. So it's quite literally saying you can turn your website visitors into leads or deals. And the subheadline is identify the companies already visiting your website and convert them into high value leads. And then you've got the free trial or demo call to action. So that should hopefully give you some inspiration. Other areas I see companies fall short is sometimes they'll put something like award-winning X provider, and it's just a bit generic. I mean, every company these days has won an award or accreditation of some kind, and we're almost tone deaf to it. So drilling into the exact problem, juicy problem you fix and how you fix it, the job you help people get done or the actual clear value prop that you go for is good. Another one I haven't talked about is talking about the enemy in your sector. So perhaps there's something that agencies do all the time. So we might say in the SEO space, no hard sell, no joke tactics, no BS, just SEO organic results or something like that. I mean, the SEO industry is notoriously shady for salespeople trying to hard sell you tactics, hard sell you plans you might not need. So talking about that enemy, clear transparent pricing, clear account manager, clear results, that kind of thing. And I'm sure you've got something similar in your industry that they're notorious for. And you quite literally go against the enemy in your sector. So that should give you some ideas in terms of building together a clear messaging structure for your business. Deadly sin number five is hiding your pricing. So many B2B companies are afraid of doing it because they think that it's going to deter leads, perhaps going to send people to their competitors. When, in my opinion, it's one of the most impactful and powerful pages for your website because it can qualify in right fit prospects, repel poor fit prospects, and send decent leads to your sales team and show transparency. So what we recommend, so for the WebChoice website as an example, we're a service-based company providing B2B SEO and web design and builds. So we don't have set kind of tiers as such. A lot of our stuff is tailored towards what prospects need based upon their needs, goals, and objectives. So on our SEO pricing page, we quite literally say SEO fundamentals for small and local businesses is from 1.5K a month, or aggressive SEO for growing B2B and SaaS companies is from 4K a month. We've got a little breakdown of some of the features included in each. Then we're backing up our pricing with some relevant testimonial videos of happy customers, then share a bit more about our expertise and our own SEO results so you can put proof of your own work. We break down the stages, in our case, on-page, off-page SEO, but you can break down your phases of work, what's entailed in the scope of work. Got a little video summary of how we do SEO, and then we've got some FAQs at the bottom to talk about common questions we get asked. How do you drive results? When is SEO a good fit? When's it a bad fit? How do you outrank competitors? So we're actually addressing question, questions we actually get on sales calls. And then we've got some more social proof. We've got some testimonials from our clients that we've got results for. 
then some logos of brands that we've worked with, and then clear call to action throughout to request a consult to get in touch and contact. So pricing is super powerful, qualifies in good fit prospects. If you're not a SaaS or tech company with set ABC tiers, you can put a starting from or a range for your two or three most popular um, offerings. You can back up your claims with social proof, video reviews, testimonials and such. You can address common questions and objections in FAQ section you get on sales calls. So pricing can be super good to make sure that you send the right qualified leads, you show transparency and, and drive decent inbound for your sales team. Deadly sin number six is ignoring SEO and ignoring marketing your website. Build it and they come does not work, does not apply when it comes to your B2B website. You need to be actively marketing it, building an audience and advertising it on the channels that your target prospects are using when it comes to researching, evaluating and directly going to speak to sales when they need your offering. So if you are in an established sector where your target clients are aware of the problems you fix and aware of the services that you're providing, then marketing on Google makes sense. So building out a search engine optimization and SEO strategy plan when it comes to keyword research, website content, technical SEO, off-page SEO like link building, building out citations and looking to rank your website organically makes sense because your product, your offer is in demand. Well, likewise, doing Google Ads, Google Paid Search probably makes sense as well because you can capture that demand a bit faster with the sponsored ads at the top and bottom of Google's results. Or likewise, if you're perhaps in tech, then using paid review sites, whether that's G2, Capterra, Clutch, TrustRadius or similar, because those review sites are aggregated, they get a ton of search traffic and quite a fast way to get inbound leads with the paid sponsored listings on their sites. There's a bunch of other ways. It could be LinkedIn targeted ads to your target demographic. Another way to build awareness, drive website traffic and build demand and build inbound over time. But if you're an industry perhaps that's not as well recognized, perhaps prospects do not know the problems you fix or are not that aware about your offering yet, Google might not be the best bet. So you might want to work out research. Where do your prospects hang out? Where do they spend their time? Is it LinkedIn? Is it YouTube? Is it another channel? And you might want to start building awareness around the problem you fix, how you help, addressing common questions, concerns, job to be done, creating media, whether that's videos, podcasts, articles, assets, posts, if it's on social or LinkedIn, to start building up that awareness, building up solutions around the problem you fix, building up social proof, ideas, building that audience. So when they do need your offer or when they do realize they have the problem you fix, they come direct to you. Deadly sin number seven is setting and forgetting. So as I often say, your website's live 24-7 and it can be your very worst or your very best sales rep, depending on how you research it, design it, build it out, market it and optimize it. We want to make sure it's your best so you can't just put it live and hope for the best. You want to regularly look for ways to improve it. That could be reviewing analytics, seeing if there's pages that have got a high bounce rate where someone flicks on the site, spends a couple seconds and bounces off. What can we do to improve that? Are people perhaps not seeing the message they want to see on your homepage? Perhaps they're not going to those key pages you want them to go on. So you want to understand why that is and look for ways to improve it. You can do custom interviews that we talked about at the start of this episode. So learning from your prospects, clients you've recently won or signed up. What was it about your offer that they liked? What was the problem you fix? What are the results they want to achieve? what jobs they care about doing so you can leverage their words they use, the things they care about, what they want to achieve in your messaging, 
your copy, your headlines, and more. You can analyze competition to see if there's any gaps that you can improve upon. You can use heat map software to understand what people do on your website, where they're clicking, where they're not clicking, if they're not seeing the information they want to see fast enough, if they're not clicking through to key pages to understand what might need tweaking, what might need changing. So the point I'm getting is you need to constantly evaluate your website, look for ways you can improve, learn from your customers, learn from website activity, and understand what changes you can make to get the best possible impact from your site and drive those conversions, drive those inbound leads. Deadly sin number eight is zero proof. And when I say zero proof, I mean social proof. So showing to prospects examples of customers that you've helped fix a problem, bring results, improve their business, improve their revenue, showing proof of your work. And you might think, Sam, well, most websites these days have got some testimonials. Sure, but a lot of them fall short when it comes to getting specific with their social proof and getting tailored, showing it in relevant points on their website. So one quick example of this is most B2B tech and SaaS websites have their top line menu navigation, then they've got a hero or banner area, and then they've got a bar, which is say logos, brands we've helped, clients we've helped, et cetera. What you could do here is let's say you help service companies specifically, you might say we've helped 5,327 service companies improve their revenue or whatever your value proposition is and however many customers you've helped. Puts a bit more proof in the pudding, get specific with a number of clients you've helped and explains exactly what you help them with. So a lot more tailored and specific messaging to build trust. Another thing that I see fall short is websites have testimonials, but they're just quote marks. What you can consider doing is adding the prospect's picture, their face, put a face to the name, their name, job title, position, company name, etc. Just makes it a bit more trustworthy. Other ideas are doing testimonial videos, which can be placed nicely on your homepage at a relevant area, customer success page, case study page, perhaps even on your contact requested demo page underneath the main inquiry form or calendar link. And those customer interview videos that we talked about or customer interview re recordings we talked about earlier in the episode can be leveraged here. So in those customer success stories you share, problem they came to you with, impact it had on their business, why they chose you, results you've brought to the table, why they recommend you and more. And they, those videos can be placed on your website, but it's chopped up for socials. You can pull testimonial quotes out there for written testimonies on your website. So much replay value that those alone. So think of areas for your website where your social proof can be a bit more tailored, a bit more specific with the wording and a bit more trustworthy. And it's going to really build more confidence on your website. I hope you get more conversions your way. Deadly sin number nine, we've got hiding the goods. What I mean by that is not showing your website visitors your offer in action. And tech companies, SaaS companies, and B2B are pretty guilty of this. There's a number of ways you can do it. You can show perhaps a video walkthrough of your offer, your tool in action. You could perhaps show case studies or customer stories or walkthroughs if you're more of a service-based business. You can show GIFs, screenshots, replays, of your offer, your main features in action. And there's a bunch of different ideas, essentially lifting the bonnet of your tool, your service or offer. So prospects can get a good insight into those problems it solves, how it solves them, the results it brings to give them the trust and encourage them to actually book that fully fledged demo or request that call or consult with your team. So they're getting a lift up under the hood before they're having that sales call rather than forcing them to speak to sales first. So PandaDoc actually did quite a nice view of this. So on their homepage, they've got their headline, they've got call to actions and straight underneath before you need to scroll on the desktop view, 
they've got like a, a GIF video walkthrough of how you can edit docs, how you can choose from templates, how you can open one up and how you can edit one all in that initial kind of GIF video run through. And that starts also playing as soon as you land on the site. So straight away, you get to see under the bonnet and see how their offer works. Another different example is on dealfront.com under the hero area. You've got screenshots of the product, the offer. So in their case, finding relevant data, finding leads. And to the left of that, you've got the feature summary. So it talks about a feature and then just next to it, it's got a screenshot of that particular tool. So as you scroll down, you've got feature one, feature two, and then next to it, you've got a relevant screenshot kind of showing that feature in play. So essentially we're short talking about showing the goods, let prospects know how it works, give them insight, give them views into how the platform, the product, the feature, the SaaS tool works, let them understand it, let them have a little play around with it if you can with an interactive demo if relevant, and then give them that trust to then be confident enough to reach out to your sales team and start the conversation. And last up, we've got deadly sin number 10, which is no clear calls to action. Call to action, guiding prospects, guiding visitors on our website to take that next step. That might be book a call, request a demo, request a proposal, get a free analysis or something else. When it comes to call to actions, you've got the basics. So in your top line menu navigation, typically top right, you've got a standout color, maybe orange, blue, purple, whatever it may be, button that's fixed that top menu navigation. So even when you scroll on mobile or PC, that menu nav's fixed with that clear call to action or perhaps on mobile, when you expand to click open that menu, you've got that clear call to action that's always there. I recommend tailoring it, making it personalized to exactly what the offer is. So if that's book a free 20 minute strategy session, book an on-site analysis, book a tailored demo, speak to a sales engineer. What is it the prospect specifically asked to do most commonly when they want to take that next sales action with you? Call it that. Put it on your site. Get it fixed, that navigation, whether that's mobile or desktop, and have it consistently placed when you're scrolling down pages, so perhaps in your top hero area, as people go through features, as they're on service or offer pages. So no matter where they are on the site, it's nice and easy for them to take that relevant next step and book a time or book a consult with sales with you and make sure it's tailored to that relevant action. The other thing to consider is if you're building out resource pages, so maybe that's blog articles or similar, then the relevant call to action there probably isn't going to be to speak to a salesperson. So you want to tailor the call to action so it's actually relevant to what stage in the sales funnel someone is. So if they're more educational, more in a learning or information-based phase, which they're probably are if they're on the blog article as opposed to a homepage or service page. So on a blog article, it might be a call to action to check out our YouTube channel, get more educational resources on our podcast, get our free email tips or a lead magnet, get our free best 150 tips to do X guide or our six-step walkthrough guide, and then that nurtures them, gets them into your email funnel. So call to actions, make them relevant, make them tailored, personalized and consistent to the offer that makes sense for the page. And there you have it. I hope today's episode on the 10 deadly B2B website sins has given you some food for thought when it comes to improving your B2B website research, messaging, design, conversions, and more. If you enjoyed the episode, a subscribe on YouTube, a rating or review on your podcast channel is always very much appreciated. And for more resources, playbooks, my week daily emails, or whenever you're ready to apply to work with me, head over to samdunning.org. Cheers.